Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. I will say, I never enjoyed cutting grass, but some people really do enjoy being out there and cutting it. They like that. It's like a stress reliever. Mm-hmm. They like to cut grass, they like to take care of their yard. Landscaping is a thing that they enjoy doing, planting flowers. And, um, I like to plant flowers, but they don't last. So, kind of give up. So, there you go, guys. What? What's the point of doing anything? <laughs> One life will soon be passed. We only have 4,000 weeks to live. I've already lived 2,000 of them. Oh, my gosh. We're so, on this again. Every day, go. it's so gloomy. Ted will <laughs> tell me how many more I have left if I wake up. You've and lived like, 2,030 yeah. Like, well, this is exciting. I'm really going to keep my joy today. Thank you, Lord, for another day to live. But that's that's what I'm talking about, but, people. But that you have all you come into all these expectations when you get married, and um, you you just think it's got to be this way, and then you know you don't like hanging things, you don't like doing things around the house like that. And I that, don't. That's fine. But that that's fine. Oh, it's fine. And, all right. <laughs> And that's what I came into the realization early on. It was like, why am I going to cause all these fights and annoyances and nagging and this and that when all that stuff is fixable? Right. You know what I'm saying? Either, I I mean, I've just learned to do it because my dad and I get... Again, she does not cut the grass. No. That's one thing my dad said, don't you ever do. That's right. Don't you ever do it. Once you pick up a lawnmower... You should never pick up a lawnmower ever. Don't pick up a lawnmower. Really? So that'd be the first mistake you'd have made if you right went now. outside. Seriously. If I was seeing you picking up well, a lawnmower, Ted. especially when it was on, that's straight dangerous. You slice yourself up. You and that kid picking <laughs> up lawnmowers. You might crack yourself up. I'm just telling you, you it's dangerous. Anywho. <laughs> we could have stayed and fought about it. Um. Yeah, we we didn't need to do that. But Plus, either I just hire someone now. Well, here's the other thing too: people don't get. You know, when you you have to make up your mind. Because I know wives that are so like hardcore like that that they'll like send their husband YouTube videos and be like, "This is how you learn to hang a curtain rod." I would have to watch a YouTube video you. to do some things. But I'm just saying. Wives are so persistent and making sure their husband does it rather than just figuring out a way to get it done. Well, here's the and other then, thing that you'll get get to, and I think this is important for marriage too. You have to recognize the fact that you have limited time in every day and that the things that should take your time are the very most important things. Uh, I'm at that place, and we've been at that place for a long time where we're always on the go. We're always doing different things traveling when we get home there's so many things that have to get done then you stop to think to yourself and that's not the case for every single person but you think to yourself is this the best use of my time my time especially now where where we're at like my time is uh different than it used to be you know I, i used to have no problem cutting all the grass doing whatever but like it's not the same today and you have to start to ask yourself and i think it's an important question for people to ask themselves in their marriage What is the best use of my time? If I'm on a path to try to mend my marriage, then is the, you know, are there things that I should be doing that are going to work towards the mending of the marriage? 
is my, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing things that you enjoy doing in your downtime. There's nothing wrong with reading, watching a movie, browse Netflix, playing video games, whatever it is you like to do. There's nothing wrong with doing any of that. But then you ask yourself, is this the best use of my time if I'm supposed to be mending this marriage? Or are there things that I could be doing that would bring this relationship tighter together? Are there things that I could be doing? You know what I mean? So, you know, and I probably thought about this later in our marriage than earlier, even applying the love languages and understanding, you know, what, because that, that causes friction people don't get. Well, I never realized how important they were. I yeah. actually never was, I'd always heard of them, you know, being raised in church, you, you hear them said or whatever, but I never really read about it or looked into it until I married you because you had brought it up. I think you probably had read the book at some point. They gave it to us at Bible school. So you read it. So that's, and then you, and I was like, oh, oh, oh. Like when you read this, it, it just, you start thinking of different relationships you had over the years or even relationships in within your own family and stuff. And you're like, well, this makes total, total sense. sense. Yep. And it does. And then it, I, and then some of them, I even thought, well, if I, if I would have known this earlier about what the other person's love languages were or whatever, I could have handled things differently. I could have fixed things. I could have treated this that because that's how they receive that's how they listen because a lot of times the love languages are off so the other person just like it's like an automatic shutdown you know with totally. their hearing or receiving and it's like if you would have done it the different way then it would op- they would have opened up and i notice even in our kids it's different Oh yeah, like our kids but, don't but even operate all the in the same, same love languages. The five love languages yeah, for kids. For kids. Mm-hmm. And I read that, and then when I read that, even though I knew the other, it it just I would start thinking, oh Madeline, oh, oh yep. Brooklyn, yep. you know, Teddy was either in my belly when I had it or had him. Or, so you know, but but now that I've read the book, it makes sense with him with stuff too. But it's like, wait a second, you can't treat your kids the no. same. You can't. They, it's a customized experience for every person. Yes. And and it's worth finding that out because it really does affect how they feel loved right. and how they respond to you. Because you could go your whole marriage thinking you're showing your spouse love. And there are there are some things that are showing love obviously. Right. But in those in those love languages um there are certain ones that they're going to really cling to that that's what makes them feel loved Mm -hmm. because whether it's how they were raised or whatever. And you could be hammering one that has nothing to do with the one that makes them feel loved. And you're like, I'm giving it everything I got and she doesn't respond or, or vice versa. Like one could be words of affirmation, but all you keep doing is buying gifts. Right. And they, they, I just want to hear you say, I'm like, a yeah. gift, it's like, but it doesn't I, w- I just want to hear you say them. you love me. I just want to hear you say I'm right. pretty. I just want, right. like, that kind of stuff. And and they're like, man, I'm, I've bought this girl everything. Right. I keep bringing her this. I keep surprising her, her with this. Yeah. And and she's just over here going, I, I just want you to tell me yeah. something good. I want to hear you say it. I want to hear you say, mm-hmm. you know, that that's huge. I mean, that is huge. And, and the thing is, it causes... More friction. She just touched my leg just for the re- just for the physical touch is one of his. I, I just, just wanna. Every, I just do that every once in a while throughout the day. Just <laughs> if anyone's watching on the security cameras, <laughs> I'm filing a lawsuit after this. Um, stop it. 
the the <laughs> see physical touch throws them right off. No, the <laughs> 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 the truth is, is is there. There you see people. Ha- you've you've seen it. I've seen it. It happens to people. They think they're given a hundred, right? And the other person's like. I'm frustrated. Frustrated and not receiving it. And but the people don't, again, back to laziness and communication because people don't even care enough to discover what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that whole like communication is key. You hear it all the time. It's probably the most used word within our own ministry office because right. we harp on we have to communicate. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have this guessing game. We're not going to have this. We're, we're assuming like communication. And I think everyone blows that Commun- communication is key because they just hear it so much in the workplace and, and this and that. But communication is vital. No question it about is, it. It is key. It is everything within all relationships that you have with your children, with your marriage, with, with your friendships. Communication is like, like I said, vital. It is life to all situations. When somebody, and, and you know, it's good to ask. It's good to be inquisitive in your marriage because you may think, but, you know, maybe you're in a situation where um, your spouse is not, or, or maybe your spouse is irritated about something or, or whatever, is not the happiest, but, but won't tell you, would never tell you. Right. They would never say it. Because, you know, they don't want to be that person that seems whiny or, or like whatever. And so they'll, they'll just push it down. They would never say it to you. But you've never even thought to ask them. Right. You know, is, are everything good? You happy with everything and the way yeah. things are going? They do that on jobs. You wouldn't do that in your marriage? Right. You know, talk to, talk to people and say, you know, have you been happy with everything? Everything good? You know, they don't check. They don't even check on them. Um, Anything you'd like to start seeing differently, you know, whatever it is, however you talk to your spouse, they don't even bother to, to ask those questions right. because it's like, well, if there's not a problem in my face, there must not be a problem where people forget. Number one, people don't like to communicate. Number two, people don't like confrontation. Right. So if people don't like to communicate and they don't like confrontation, why would I bring something up? Uh, and cause confrontation mm-hmm. if I'm already afraid of it, don't want it. And one confrontation doesn't have to be mean. I no. think the word people see confrontation and they they immediately think it's like somebody going after somebody. And that's that's not it at all. It could just be the same tone I have now. It's just addressing you. an issue. Right. But also, uh, the reason like this topic is so important is because this generation that's now and coming up behind us in this digital age world where it's constantly hiding behind a, a filter, hiding behind a social media and nobody has to call it anymore. It's always a text. It's always hiding behind something and working from home and this and that, no interaction with people that they're not being taught communication in that way. So it's always like they have a way out to be behind something. I'm behind a computer screen. I'm behind a phone. I'm behind a filter. I'm behind this. I'm behind a Zoom. You know, I can turn my camera off. I don't have to, you know, even on like our our Tuesday night prayers, I've had women where I reach out and say, hey, where, where are you? Come on. You know, if you're constantly writing me through the week saying, I need help. I need prayer for something. Yep. I say, jump on Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. You have a whole, b- and their response has been more than one person is, I'm nervous. 
I'm nervous that you're going to call on me to pray. I'm nervous and they won't put their thing on. But see, that's what is being instilled in people is that fear of communication. Right. And so it's an important topic that we're saying, like communication is vital to all situations and we have to get past that. You know, the whole like they, they consider it the same fear as like public speaking, like just talking to someone. It's hard for somebody to look at someone in their eyes like we are right now, but it really is. You talk to a lot of people, especially this younger generation, a lot of them are constantly like looking down when you're talking to them. You know, that wasn't like an option growing up as a kid. I don't even tell my kids. No, I'm like, you look at people in the eyes and talk to them. Yeah. Um, And so it's important for, you know, this generation and the one coming up behind us to know that, like, you're going to have to learn communication because if you're going to do anything. Right. You're going to need to know. It should definitely be there in your marriage. Yeah, but see, people are even scared to talk to their own husband or wife that they are intimate with, that they're married to. Is this a cry for help? <laughs> I'm right here, the grizzly bear. No, but you know what I mean. They like are they, that they won't even speak up to their own spouse. Many people don't, and they won't bring up the things that irritate them. They'll they run won't bring to up, their friend down the which, street. That's such a massive mistake. <laughs> is like, why are you dumping Uh-oh. all of the issues? They'll run down the street and talk to their girlfriend, but they won't talk to their own spouse. Like, yeah, it's. It, it, People go out with their group of friends. It's girls' night. It's guys' night. It's like and you know, dump everything out. Unload all the worst of what their a husband, or you know, if guys are out their wife. It's just like what a mistake to do even, that. Can't even talk to your own spouse, but then you go and talk, you know, to someone that really doesn't care like that. And then, a, and then, a it becomes a lack of communication destroys fast. trust that you have with your mm-hmm. with your spouse. So the things are not, it's not like these are like groundbreaking things. It's just that people don't want to do them. And there's hidden pride in, that's why. Pride really is the front runner of all these different things. That's why the Bible's so clear on it. God resists the proud, gives more grace to the humble. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. The more you allow pride to govern your decisions, the more destruction it will bring in those areas of your life. Brings that into your marriage. And if there's pride um, right. in between how you, or, or pride's governing how you deal with your spouse, it'll bring destruction into those areas of your relationship. And so, you know, there's things that I worked on over the years and continue to work on because, you know, you're constantly working to mold yourself to what the Bible says that you should be as a man, a husband, a father, you know, all those things. And then you, a a woman, a wife, a mother, you know, and then we're all servants of God. There's always a constant molding, which is called consecration, where you're giving yourself over to God's will and doing what his word says. And when you're doing that, that's the truest. I tell people all the time, that's the truest form of humility and meekness is acknowledging his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts that I'm not in charge of my life. He's in charge of my life that I'm a, I'm the servant. He's the master. Right. And, and that means that I have to do what his word says. And so the truest form of humility is saying, not my will, but yours be done. That's, that's truly what Jesus said in the garden. That's the picture right. of what true humility is. And so, 
if people would do that and employ that in their marriage, um, it would it would literally solve so many problems. You know what 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 is the reason that people don't communicate properly? There's a pride issue in there. You know, I'm not I'm not getting into that with them. You're know, like, well, why not? Why can't you? I'm above that. Why are you above that? You know, why are you above proper communication? Right. Why are you above those things? You know, and then you, you you start to get into all these reasons. Why haven't you looked at yourself before saying, well, the problem is she always does. Well, how come you've got so much pride that you've not been introspective first and say, well, what am I doing anything? Why have you not um, asked, you know, or, or inquired or had conversations about, you know, what is it that makes you feel loved? You know, and, and you know, people... There's literally probably people from the previous generation like, oh, that stuff's all too complicated. They don't, you just need to love somebody. You know, it's like, okay, well, it's just, it's been proven time and time again that people don't just feel loved. They don't just feel loved. So you got to figure that out. You have to figure that out. And, and we were built by God who created these things. And if you look, the thing that my, that's mind blowing to me, which is why I adhere to those five is because when you look at them, they're also the way that we show love to God and he shows love to us. That's right. Because he built them. Right. So physical touch, he wants to touch your life. He wants Mm -hmm. to touch your family. You know, you think about spending quality time. I want to be in his presence at his house. Right. Right. He wants to have quality time with you. Giving, the giving of gifts. He gave gifts unto men. We give gifts unto God. Right. Uh, then literally um, words of affirmation is con- is literally praise. Right. And we're, that's what that is. I'm telling him how great he is. I'm telling him how marvelous he is. I'm telling him how wonderful he is. And his word says things about me. Right. That I have to believe back, and right. that I have to receive. His word is filled with things that I should believe in about myself because he said them about me. Right. Which one am I missing? So it's, uh, personal touch, giving of gift, uh, quality time, words of affirmation. What was the fifth? What's one? the fifth one that I always miss? The, it's got to be it's it's, love fi- it's physical touch, words of acts, acts of, of service. service. That's which is, how do you- <laughs> well, folks. It's been a wonderful <laughs> podcast. Thank you for joining us today. The one thing Tiff um, yells out all day: <laughs> it's hers. <laughs> acts of service. Acts of service. <laughs> Thank God that we can edit this, but don't edit it. Don't edit it out. Um, but it's true. Acts of service. And then you think of all the things he's asked you to do for the kingdom. Just wash my car and I love you to death. And then the things he's done for you. Give, give They're me, the ways. Give the, my house a good vacuum and I am Make the bed in the morning. Say, praise him. <laughs> Fold some laundry. Oh, my God. Cook some dinner. Hey, do some dishes. I don't hear anybody in here. I don't hear anybody in here. <laughs> <laughs> but but truly, all those things are things that you do for the Lord and the Lord does for you. Yeah. So that's why I actually give weight. People probably think because of the broadcast and podcast, he references that all the time. Like it's just a book. That, yes, but the reason. No, it's so important. The reason is because it I can see. your whole life. And I can see that it's a God created thing because mm-hmm. he does it and then expects us to do it. If it was just some idea of a guy, it's one thing when you can see it in scripture and you can see it right. that God uses it and we use it. It's a whole different thing. And I would say really making a choice to 
live, and this is probably the hardest one, in the fruit of the spirit mm. in your yes. marriage. Yes. You know, because I agree. you can become, and you know this and I know this, we've seen it. You can become so familiar with somebody that you almost feel like they're exempted. Like, you know, I don't have to walk in, you know, love towards them or whatever. Or, you know, you, sometimes. And it's not that you like think that it's no. just, it morphs into that. Morphs. It's like what you tell the kids all the time. You're not going to treat your friends better than you treat your sister or brother. You're not going to go out there and be so nice to them and love on them and all right. that and, and come home and be mean. And these four walls, I tell them that you act a completely different way. Yeah, and you, I, because fake bothers me. Like it, it really irks me. The whole like, you know, you're we're you're one way here, and then that is really not you. Like the whole fake. It like you know how stuff just like can really irritate you inside, and that's one of. And them. again, it's I don't necessarily think that like it's the kids being fake. It's just that like. Sometimes because they're other people that I'm not as familiar with, you know, I'll treat them nice yeah, but and be people good. People do, oh, you do it long enough, it but becomes the, fake. You, you, you train yourself. You're like right. one way. I have to be one way when I'm at church because there's people looking at me and this is, you know, this is who I am. This is my family. And, you know, that's why I tell the kids. And then it's like, you know, everyone... You know, we'll say, oh, you're so sweet. You're such a good girl. You're this and that. And, and then, then don't they come, come home, home and have a sour attitude towards their sister or brother. Right. That's when I say, listen, we're not going to fake people out. That's why I use that right. word because we're not going to fake people out. You're not going to be considered one way. This is how they see, you know, Madeline, Brooklyn and Teddy and then come home and then like act a fool in the house. I'm like, right. no, we're going to be the same way, the same people, the same compliments that people say you are out outside of this house are going to be the same compliments and how you act within this house. Yeah. No and that's question. how I want like our marriage to be and who we are, you know, how we are in front of people, how we are on this podcast, how we are anytime we're in any setting is how we're going to be. It's not just going to be a show and put on and, right. you know, ooh, we're lovey and, and we're touchy and we're kissy at church, you know, or in front of people and then come home and it's like, hey, roomie. And I, I think one of the things is people <laughs> can, happens. they can sense fake a mile it. away. I've seen it. I've seen it too much in people's lives where they're one way somewhere and then I know that's not their home life. And, Absolutely. And it irks me. I don't like oh, that. Oh, I've seen it too. And people especially, can sense that. Especially as as a Christian family, mm. especially or as a Christian family. Well, that's next. I mean, like, because not everybody's in a leadership role. Technically, as a Christian, you're leaders, you know, but you know what I mean? Like, as a leadership role. So, like, as a Christian family, and then on top, you're in leadership, like, that it really bothers me. Yeah. And so I I make it a point, like, of course I have to work on uh, the fruit of the Spirit. Patience, all that patience is probably my top one that you know i asked the lord to help with uh but you know one of the things we teach our son the most what's the one self-control we even make him say it in his confession confession every night self-control because we know that if you get self-control under wraps the other the other eight fruit is much easier to much walk easier in. that's why i've always believed that self-control was the most important of them because all of the fruit of the spirit are choices and if you don't have self-control, you'll never uh, make the choice to operate in any of the other eight right. of the nine. So, yes, though, though Paul said love is the greatest of all, which I believe because God is love, John said. Right. 
I do believe love is the greatest of all. Love endures forever. But self-control will govern whether or not you walk in love. Right. Whether or not you walk in joy, whether or not you walk in peace, all the, all the nine gifts of this, or fruit of the spirit will be governed by that one self control, and um, you know we've been recently uh, dealing with this issue, uh, but the Bible says God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and love, and sound mind. one translation says a sound mind. But the more modern translations say what? Self-control. Yeah, that's true. Self-control. Power, love, and self-control. Which means that you can make a decision to not operate in the spirit of fear, to not live in the spirit of fear. We've talked about that recently, that you know, there, if the kids start acting that way, you know, we're like, oh, you're afraid? Come here, let me help you. You know, cuddle up to, to me. Are you afraid? Are you okay? And I was like, knock that fear off. Right. Like that's been that's been like our our, our discussion. At any time. Knock that fear it, off. It arises all children. Of At course. At some point, I'm scared of the dark. I'm this, I'm that. I don't want to be alone or I don't, you know what I mean? Like it, it comes up. See, and people it, think that you're not, uh, they, they think you're not, uh, oh, that's so heartless of you to, to say that to your child, treat them like that when they're afraid. It's like, no, I'm training them that fear is a choice. Yeah, and was, that's truly what we should do. I was just talking to someone saying, like, you have to balance it. You, you care for them and you love them yep. and you want them to feel safe and you want to take care of them. But then you're going to have to balance that out with not coddling that spirit. That's right. Because it sticks around yep until you answer it until you speak to it until you have authority over it it will stick around and hang out just like you preached on sunday like the devil's not just gonna go i've messed with them enough I, i'm out of here yeah he's not gonna be like well I, i've scared her or him long enough so yeah. now i'm gonna move on to the next kid no right. he will stay he'll build a house he'll build a home he'll 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 kick his feet up and and just reside there until you deal with it right and i i made a point when i became a parent that like i'm not gonna think that oh it's cute we're scared of the dark or oh, it's cute and i don't mean like you know, parents like necessarily think it's cute, but they just kind of think this way. They think that's just normal. All kids are scared of the dark. All kids go through this. Well, we we have a a, an, a right as a parents as Christians to say no. I don't I don't have to go with the flow. I don't. My kids don't have to be scared of the dark. There's nothing to be scared of. That's why I tell my kids. I say, oh, but God made dark. God created dark, so dark is good. Night, he wants us to rest. That's what I've told them. He wants us to sleep. He wants us to sleep in peace. It yep. rejuvenates our bodies. We have to get rest. We have to go to sleep. There's nothing to be scared of. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you talk to them like that, mm -hmm. where most most parents just, you know, Coddle it. let it go. And they, they're, they're not meaning to build a root, but it builds a root, yeah. and then it stays. Well, then that's what you got to be like in your marriage, too. It's like... I see these issues, you know, have these, okay, self-discipline, put your body under check, you know, under control, like Paul said, 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I put my body under on a daily basis. Right. You know, people don't, people don't realize that, you know, I'll say, um, putting your body under in every, in every area, like you may feel like getting mad. We've taught on this, how 
there's two different actions that happen. There's somebody that can commit an offense against you. And then the second action is you choose to become offended. They're not one and the same. They're two separate ones. So yes, your spouse may not always make every exact right step, but that doesn't mean you have to also make a wrong step because they offended you that you have to become offended. They committed an offense. So now I got to be mad about it. Why keep piling on the issues? Why keep prolonging this? Mm -hmm. Because you could have every right to. You could have every right to be mad. You could have every right, you know, but then in the natural. Yeah. In the natural. But then then you're like, wait a second. I actually have the power and control to end this right now. Right. I don't have to let this fight go on. I don't have to let these feelings that I feel overwhelm me and take control. Mm -hmm. I don't have to. And people don't realize you're in the driver's seat. Yeah. You could you could make this a way better outcome and situation. Well, the reason I said in the natural is because you really don't as a Christian, you don't have a right to be offended because you right. are a child of God, you're his servant. You have to do what he says. Right. You have to walk in love. You got to make room for one another's faults. So you don't actually have a right. Just like when people are like, "Well, this is the real me. If you don't like it, you're not really my friend." No, that's just their excuse to not walk in the fruit of the spirit. I tell people like it is. I say what's on my mind. If you don't like it, okay. It, so being rude is right. part of your personality. So we have to all deal with it because you won't conform to the image of Christ. And that and that's really what that is. When people say like, "Well, that's the real me." If you don't like, you're just trying to change me or whatever. <laughs> that's just you saying that you want to be Only what your God flesh can wants. Change me. And you don't have to conform to the image of Christ for some reason. You don't have to use self control for some reason. Right. And you're, it just destroys relationships. You have an exemption. Yeah, and it destroys relationships. Code. (laughs) That's what people think. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, people forget the fact that you, you, the two become one in marriage, and you know that that's a very important thought because you're you're talking to your own body, you're talking to your own, you're talking to the one you're one with, and so why would you treat yourself that way? Right. If you wouldn't treat yourself that way, why would you treat them that way? Kind of a thing. And um, it's vital. Even the Bible says, Paul Paul taught them, even your bodies don't belong to each other. They belong to the other one. It's part of the being one. So, you know, it's it's like, why would you, if you wouldn't treat yourself that way, why would you treat them that way? You know, and so it's it, it really all comes down to, are you willing to drop the pride? Are you willing to walk in humility, walk in true love, which is the kind that Christ used? And are you willing to, uh, communicate in such a way that you stay on the same page. You can't right. even know if somebody's frustrated about something if they won't tell you and if you won't ask and if you won't talk. You know, that's funny to me. There's tons of couples that, um, I know you joked me about it yesterday, but they talk about nothing. They're about joke nothing. About it? Yeah, about the prison ministry. But, <laughs> but, but, didn't but, joke him about, she joked I'll me. tell you after no. the podcast, Tiff. I didn't joke no, him about a ministry. It's because it I hadn't told awful. anybody about doing prison ministry. It was something I saw in my spirit and thought and and had this vision of myself preaching to prisoners. I'd not talked to anybody about it. Finally did talk to uh, somebody in the in the correctional facility about doing it. <laughs> and she's like, glad that I got to find out for the first time in Slack. It's <laughs> <laughs> my text to him. But you know, you probably got five other texts that were the same. <laughs> Well, no, it's just that I have not told anybody about it. I've kept it to myself until now. 
And so, but but there's couples that don't. So I had the right to be offended in that very moment when I read Slack blowing up on my phone. Guess what? But you know what? You're grounded. <laughs> I moved. Give on. me your keys. And I said, um, they don't talk. There's couples don't talk about anything. They don't know what's going on. But I don't. I don't take it personal with you because you have so much. I look at it as you have so much being downloaded to you all the time, whether it's it's people or God downloading things to you. That I, I'm not like I don't get upset about it. Like I I send that text and we joke and nothing I wept ever for went like 20 it. minutes. Did you? Till you got home. <laughs> and so I um you know I just know that that's that's kind of I'm. I'm used to our relationship that way. <laughs> well, there's sometimes the Lord tells you do something now, and it's not tw- two months of planning. You yeah. know, it's not ten months of planning. There, there are times where it's just we, kind of how we've always been. Yeah, there's times where it's like go now or so get I don't things think going now. Of it, but there's couples that don't talk about anything. They don't know what's going on. You know, right. there, there's, there's times that they don't know what's going on in the finances. They don't know what's going on with the, with the family. They, they don't talk. They don't talk about anything. They've gotten into such a rut. Loops back to communication. Yeah. And humility and love. Really, it's not hard. It's not hard to do. We've only really discussed like three or four things, elements that it's not that they're hard things to do. It's just that they're things that they're people not, don't want to do. Right. And they're not thought of. It just goes back to the beginning of the podcast where it's like you have to purposely look introspectively and look at this. Yeah. And then it will. It, the Holy Spirit will lay it all out. This needs to be worked on. This can be tweaked. This can, you know, everyone's so busy praying for their husband or wife to change instead of just saying, Lord, can you speak to me? Can you change me? Can you help me? What can I do differently? Um and it will make a world of difference. Absolutely. I love you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you for being on. Finally got here. I'm glad you didn't air any grievances. Starting at the Next bottom, time. now we're here. Somebody's trying to call me during the podcast. Who's never not trying to call you or text you? <laughs> that we can talk about next time. Sharing my husband and what it's like. So share far your away, doesn't anybody stay in one place, place anymore? It would be <laughs> so nice to see your face at my door. A little creepy. Like, are you looking through the window? Are you pressed against trying to breathe in or be heard? He broke our metal pole in half. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but that's that's your bad hiring. <laughs>